right, hello and welcome to the first episode of the Not Another Interview Show podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Green, and today I have a really great show for you guys. I just got off Skype with Mr. Jason Gerbey, the director of the 2017 fan film The Mask, based off of the Dark Horse comics by the same name, and a little bit of the a little bit of the Jim Carrey movie too. But before we get to that, I want to give a quick thank you to my friend Ian Margulitz from the band The Velvet Ants for letting me use their song Anyone for our intro and outro music. It's from his 2012 album Advantage, which you can check out on Spotify, Apple Music, any any preferred streaming service you can think of, basically. So I'll leave a link in the description for his music and show him some love. Speaking of showing the love, thanks for checking the podcast out. And if you can, um, please like and subscribe. Tell any, tell your friends, tell your family. And if you, if you guys know anybody who would be interested in having an interview on the show, then let me know. I'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, feedback is definitely key for this podcast. So without further ado, here's my interview with Jason Gerbay. All right. Hello, everybody. I am here with none other than Mr. Jason Gerbay. Jason, how are you? Oh, really good. How are you? I am wonderful. I am excited and nervous at the same time, but mostly excited. <laughs> <laughs> I okay, am the so same boat here. Let's start this off correctly. Um, how how did you get your start in filmmaking? Um, let's see. I think uh, while well, I was going to school for web development and realized I hated it in my last semester. So, uh, yeah, I was like, well, I think I'm going to see what else there is. So, um, my graduation had actually gotten recalled and my advisor was like, well, just take three credits online and, uh, you're all set. We'll get you your degree. And, uh, I was like, well, I've got all these grants and stuff. If I were to take uh, six courses, would they be covered? Yeah, but why would you want to do that? So that's when I took <laughs> cinema, acting, um, history of film, sociology, communications, uh, just, yeah, a bunch of stuff that was completely unrelated to what I was doing. And, oh, God, uh, I know that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm going to, gosh darn it, I'm going to come out of college here doing something I like to do or at least learn of something that could be enjoyable for a career. And, uh, yeah, I got to acting class and then uh, quickly just started making movies with everybody in it pretty much, and we still <laughs> keep in touch like 12 years later so it's kind of funny so yeah which that in its itself is like really amazing so did you always like did you always have a passion for filmmaking and acting and stuff like that or um not so much the acting i think i try it here and there but uh it's really um but uh, the film i think i've always had a passion for storytelling and just the different forms of it not a specific form like it doesn't always have to be film but there's uh different ways and better ways sometimes to yeah put a story out there so it may or may not be filmed but uh you know whichever way uh, a story can best be put and uh get a vision across is you know what i'm passionate about yeah that's, that makes sense i mean like you know i'm like my passions have always been like one or the other like you know growing up i was i was always into film and stuff and like it's still kind of there a bit but at the same time I also have like an extreme passion for music, which I told you about, obviously. So, yeah, totally, man. So maybe you know one or the other someday. Just well, I get to hear both. some banjo and drums by the end of this interview. <laughs> I actually am taking a uh, at the moment. I'm taking a sound design class, which is 
which is you know stuff like foley art and i have and i was just recording stuff for that and it's like god it's so amazing i would totally love to get involved with that if i could nice that's very yeah cool. totally um foley is just so, a blast yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're here to we're here to talk about your movie the mask your 2017 movie because which is based on the the comics is that correct yeah to some degree yeah yeah, there's a little bit of the, the comics in the movie. So, uh, where did your love for the mask come from? I guess um, I don't know. I think when I first picked up, uh, I think it was a movie adaption. Uh, ironically enough, I picked that up when uh, before the movie came out uh, with Jim Carrey. You know, what 25 years ago, and I looked at uh, the comic book. Like this is just a fascinating concept. He's got this piece of wood, but look what it can turn him into. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, just kind of a fascination with that concept kind of grew from there. And then, uh, I don't know, yeah, and then later years I've kind of, I've dabbled in enlightenment and different things and spirituality and just kind of, uh, it's like, boy, this is just such a beautiful metaphor for the psyche. And I saw such a psychological opportunity. And I think that's what I've always seen in the mask was just uh, how it, you know, connects to the... Uh, egoical entity in a person the ego and just uh brings that out to such a degree and then i really don't think it's ever a good thing honestly the the ego is never good so everybody's got that in us that makes up our human brokenness and so i'm just like oh this is just such a great uh metaphor for everything that's wrong with a a person and our human <laughs> element <laughs> and uh yeah so that's kind of i kind of fell in love with that metaphor and so uh yeah and this movie really hit that hard yeah i mean i can i can totally see where that came from because you know like i got i got into it through the movie when i was like a little kid and like i always i always had like this fun fondness for the mask that never really went away like i have always loved it in some capacity and you know he's got such like, a nice green head <laughs> The, the, the silly man has a great, great big head. But yeah, it's massive. But yes. yeah, as like as I got older, you know, I started reading the comics and like I like became like so fascinated with the concept, like you stated, because you know, like you know, it's more, it's more than you know, just like some some guy puts on the mask and he acts silly for two hours. No, like it's actually yeah. like there's actually a deep metaphor to it, like combined with like cartoony slapstick and stuff, which is like. Hook, line, and sinker for me. I love that shit, so... Absolutely. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, I love what Jim Carrey did with it. I mean, like you say, being silly for two hours, it was great. And I think they kind of touched on that uh, psychological component a little bit. But, um, yeah, it was just such an opportunity. So Jim Carrey really typecasted that character since he did such a great job. No one could ever picture yeah. anybody else doing it, which kind of killed it. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what that's kind of what I don't like about the mask is like you know I feel like like you said yeah people have typecasted it to the point where you know they can only associate Jim Carrey with the role which I don't think is fair because you know I feel like it's been it's been stated in the comics like from day one that it should go from where to where and like it explores different people and like how they work and stuff like that you know absolutely and i think uh you know the original comics really pass it on i mean that's how all their series worked was you know the end of one comic it got set up for the next guy and you know we yeah. didn't linger on characters like uh we ended up doing <laughs> but yeah and it was meant to be that way you know and it never really got uh it would have been such a cool movie universe i think had uh it really yeah it really would have i mean and they 
I mean, they did touch upon that in Son of the Mask, and we all know how that turned out, so... <laughs> it was one of the best films I had ever seen, personally. Not, well, I'm, to be I'm fair, just kidding. To I'm be kidding. fair, you don't understand the cinematic masterpiece <laughs> that is Son of the Mask. Nah, but... I think it's, uh, I don't know, like, uh, me and a friend had watched it uh, about five years ago when we were really drunk, and it, I, it was just such a joy. Like, it was like, I can't believe they could make this. <laughs> Uh, it just well, like, it was so uh, all over the place. It was so abstract and just, uh, yeah, it was such a strange concept for a movie, let alone a sequel, and just to have absolutely nothing to do with the original as much as it did was a feat in itself. So it re- Yeah, I mean, I can like find we, still, our, yeah. we still had Ben Stein to tie it together. Oh, yeah. We still had, like, the original mask prop like they actually the gave grace, some yes they gave five percent of a shit about continuity in that movie <laughs> but like the rest was just like i feel like they could have done more with the concept like you know it should have actually focused on the mask itself like be- behind the lore of it instead of like you know ooh, there's a baby that has powers of the mask do 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 Yeah, and it's interesting. Like, I had heard just recently from, uh, I can't even say who it was, but he he explained to me why Son of the Mask was Son of the Mask, because he had worked on Son of the Mask, and he he said, uh, you know, CBS wanted to get the cartoon going again, so they really saw a franchise opportunity, like, let's really market hard to kids and families, and then, you know, we own all the rights to this stuff, so CBS put a big stake of their money into the movie, which I never knew that, and apparently, I guess this is true, given someone who's worked on it. And uh, I was like, oh, I get it now. You know, but I always will have respect for that art because, okay, this is a movie that got made. A lot of people put time into it. And it brought the mask back for a movie that probably wouldn't have happened otherwise. But it also may have killed the franchise for this uh, period of time, too. But Yeah, so in a lot of ways, it's sort of like a double-edged sword. Like, you know, there's good to it, but there's also a lot of bad so <laughs> yeah i mean it was cool just to see the relic back in a movie i think when it came out and so uh yeah i mean if you turn your brain I mean, off it's a great stoner flick honestly it really it really <laughs> is but like at the same time as a standalone film and as a sequel to the mask it really does not hold up by any means and i don't mean to i don't mean to trash anybody anybody who's worked on son of the mask or has any involvement with it cough cough dylan sides cough cough who's <laughs> really good friend of ours. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I just feel like The Mask has more potential and Son of the Mask just really squandered it, you know? Yeah, I think so. I think if they had just uh, looked at the script a little bit before granting, what was it, $100 million to it, I don't know, just think about it for a second. But, you know. Yeah, totally. But... Like, even when, even when I was a kid, seeing it in the in the theaters when I was, like, eight years old, like, I... I ate it up, but at the same time, like, I feel like, I feel like it was missing something. Like, there could have been more to the movie, you know? Right. So you saw the original 1994 when you were negative three years old then. And then well, you come I back saw, to Well, I saw, I saw, well, here's the thing. I grew up, I did grow up on the movie, like, when I was, like, actually, like, three years old. Okay. And, like, so I had to wait for, I had to wait a couple years for, like, you know, a new Mask movie. And then, like, the... The, the the teaser trailer comes out and I'm like oh my god yes yes and I've seen I've seen that teaser trailer recently and like I can tell you like it hypes up something that's gonna sound so badass and then it cuts to that baby and you're like oh god 
This is good. They did a this great is... job with the first. I think I know which trailer you're talking about. I think I I enjoyed the first three fourths of that trailer. Yeah, until we like. Yeah, what? like it's it's cool. Like you know, like you're actually showing the potential of the mask, and then you ruined it. Good job. Yes, I think that uh, describes my feelings in a nutshell. Yes. All right. So <laughs> we're not just here to talk about those mask movies. We're here to talk about your mask movie too. So. uh... Give us give us a rundown of when you first had the idea of coming up with a mask fan film to its completion. Like how did you, like how did you know you wanted to like reboot the mask? Um hmm where did it begin? I guess um it's just like huh I think I've got enough uh you know uh resources to really pull it together and uh, had uh yeah just kind of we could have done our preliminary a little different, but we, uh, yeah, we just kind of got the idea of, uh, yeah, just kind of flipping it on its head. And um, I, I think in lieu of Breaking Bad, that was a good um, uh, kind of grease the slide for it to happen. Just, uh, I, I, I love that tone and just kind of that uh, grittiness and rawness. And it didn't look like a, a cinematic universe because it was too real to be. Um, and so we kind of pushed into that direction and, uh, yeah, we started getting people on board and doing tests and things and, uh, started to like what we saw. And then, uh, kind of a story came up and it was kind of, um, yeah, it was, um, it kind of divulged into what it did. Um, but it, uh, yeah, we had kind of a different origin, kind of a defense story and how the, we kind of ended up using some of those elements in the movie, but, uh, it was really a focus on, um, yeah, just kind of uh, somebody putting up with uh, an abusive person and just kind of, yeah, um, this was their kind of resolve or defense in a way uh, to fight against it. And then uh, that ended up being one of the subplots. But then pretty much we ended up, oh, well, every third act, somebody else is going to get the mask. And so the curtain kept closing and reopening. And so we kind of knew we would just do one movie and just kind of... Um, keep it passing around as much as we could, but, uh, with hopefully the story not hitting the fan. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of was our motivation to really get the, uh, pedal push to do it. So yeah, totally. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, did you, like, did you always know that you wanted to keep the, like the tone of the comics while, you know, sprinkling like, like callbacks to like the movie in there too, or? Yeah, I think so. And I think, um, in some ways we strayed from the comics and it was intentional in some ways we really called back to the movie which is also intentional and um yeah um i've never been a fan of like just ultra violence just gore for having gore uh but if it was um you know some of my conditions are just to, you know if we could do it in such a way where we kind of show the pain behind the the mayhem uh was really the driving force and was also uh, you know kind of prevalent of Breaking Bad and just kind of the, uh, all right, we, uh, see the madness and just the, uh, you know, the ego running wild, but, uh, let's show the, also the consequences equally and the pain and regret that comes from it too. And then that kind of, you know, you've got to have a point to everything you do. Um, but, um, yeah, so it was kind of that balance in the comics or the comics are just so mean and gruesome. So it's like, uh, you know, some of this will work, but, um, 
Yeah, it was kind of putting important to put our own play on it too, so we're not just uh, verbatim going from the comics and just having violence for absolutely no reason. So that was a big yeah, totally. Like yeah, like I do like I do applaud the fact that you actually put violence where there needed to be violence. Mm-hmm. But like you know, at the same time, like part of like what what makes the mask tick is the fact that you know the mask is batshit insane. Like you don't know what he's gonna do next, and I feel like. And I feel like, yeah, that did kind of that did kind of tie into the film a bit, which is part of what makes it work, you know. Yeah, well, thanks. Yeah, um, like you were like you were able to actually pay homage to the comics in a way where it was toned down, but it still paid off in the end, and it was really worth it. So yeah, just yeah. Like that happy medium where you've never become a slasher or just uh, this gruesome with never any intent, but uh, yeah, yeah, like you actually show like a. Like a human side of the mask, if that makes sense. Right, yeah. That was our goal. Uh, how well that conveyed is, you know, another thing. But, <laughs> you know, just kind of, uh, yeah, just to be able to, you know, have that an adequate amount of motivation to justify the actions and uh, just have people get lost in that, I think, was uh, you know, kind of a vehicle in its own. And, uh, yeah, just kind of to have the... Uh, you know, the most destructive things in there, just the metaphors, you know, the evil disguised as good and, um, you know, and just the thinking mind too. I think uh, something that was really powerful in the original comics that I really loved um, was how the mask would speak to its wearer through its psyche or its... Oh, yeah, that's right. It's it's, it's thinking person, whatever, the observer. There's a lot of things you can call that. Uh, But just like, uh, and I think we all hear that, and I don't think we ever really attached it. I think we attach that to us, like, well, I'm going to go do this today, and no, you shouldn't do that, and why why, why am I doing this, and I'm worthless, and I, you know, we hear uh, this stream of thought coming through all the time, and we mistake that for ourselves, which I don't think ever is, Um, and so, yeah, it was important to really bring that out in the movie, and just to hear the... uh, rationality or irrationality and uh, just the rationalism being rationalized and to do these uh, you know terrible acts and things like that and uh, maybe people connect with that like holy cow what am I listening to in my head (laughs) yeah like everybody everybody deals with that so like yeah like you really got that spot on and that's like a a really good touch because you're like once again you're paying homage to the comics in a way that really works and it's not just like you know blatant fan service you know right yeah and i think the first scene in the comic where you know it's like oh, all right let's go waste these guys you know and stanley and the motorcycle gang hit heads at the you know you know just uh yeah let's go kill some people and you know like wait is this me or what is this and and that's a, that's another thing i love about the comics is like you know like you like, these people, we know that they're horrible, but at the same time, we feel bad for them at some point. And, you know, we feel like, you know, you know, we want to, we want them to succeed. And sometimes they do, like, you know, like, Raymond Tuttle from, like, Green October was one of the rare good guys in the in the comics. Like, he actually meant well, and he succeeded in the end. But then you have, you have your Stanley Ipkiss, who is just an all-around horrible person, and he got what he deserved, arguably, so. All right. And I think yeah. that's, I think you brought up an interesting point and just like that, I think that redemptive factor could exist. I mean, the comics went there a little bit, but yeah, that was something else that we really wanted to drive home to where it's never too late to turn back either, you know, where that salvation still exists where, you know, no matter how far you've gone, 
you know, and I think my goal as a filmmaker would be to, you know, in the future, you know, if uh, somebody's watching one of my movies on, you know, death row, <laughs> and they're, <laughs> they're like, you know, maybe it's not too late for me. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, our deeds define us, and I don't know if we can be defined by our worst deed, you know, so it's kind of, yeah, you can wipe that slate clean and start over again, too, but. Yeah, and like, once again, you do a very a very good job with that because, you know, the main characters in the movie, like, you know, they all start off, like, they're all good people and, like, you know, at the end, like, yeah, they're very, very flawed, but at the end, like, you still, you still want them to come out on top, you know? Yeah, and do they, you know, it's kind of, yeah, yeah, it's tricky, you know, and so, uh, you know, in our movie, we just kind of left that open, like, huh, well, they're probably going to jail or are they going to make a break for it or are they not and we just kind of cut away because it's like all right they're they're just aware of the of where they are and are just okay <laughs> so yeah yeah i mean it, it it works it really it really works like i showed i showed the movie to a couple of my friends like a couple months like right after the movie came out like they were like, they were, at this point, they were, like, only familiar with the Jim Carrey movie, but they knew a little bit about the comics, and they were just, like, really blown away at how everything played out. Like, they were like, oh my god, this, this is, this does not, this is legit. <laughs> oh, cool. Hey, they're yeah. sitting there eating their beef jerky, having a good movie time. I'm glad you could bring that experience to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, nice yeah it, was, it was really, it was really great, and that kind of goes into, uh, and to my next question, how did you, uh, how did you go about casting the characters for the movie? Like, how did you go about finding, like, your cat and your Aaron and your Elise and Calloway and all that? Uh, let's see. So, um, we originally started, um, I kind of had been brewing a little bit with, um, uh, had worked with somebody else on a project. And so, yeah, we had the, everything, you know, ink dried on the contract and everything and just like, all right, you're going to be the lead of it and... We started doing, um, um, what was it? We did our life cast and we did all the, um, you know, extraneous stuff. And um, But then uh, the script kind of dragged a little bit and then uh, the effects were being worked out. And so we ended up really getting into overtime on the pre-production. And so her schedule, you know, it was almost like uh, we had just such a window to use her. And so it was kind of hitting the, uh, the outskirts of that and I'm like, now it comes down to if everything gets together. Right. Um, is this is this uh is this Jamie Summers or? Oh uh, no, it wasn't actually. She was uh, was I uh, shouldn't say our plan B, uh, plan A. But uh, yeah, we did have a different lead in mind, and then um, yeah, I was like, boy, this all has to come together in a month, and uh, so we ended up just uh, parting ways peacefully. And like, all right, we're gonna, yeah, and so uh, we ended up like the next week, uh, yeah. I actually ran into Jamie Summers at Walmart. I was like, holy cow, this is the look that we're going for. <laughs> and so, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So I was like, hi, this is going to sound really weird, but uh, would you be willing to sit down with me for lunch and talk? And, uh, and then, of course, she asked, does her due diligence and just asks a lot of questions and stuff. And then, yeah, so somehow this crazy producer guy walking up to somebody, uh, yeah, just a cold call. <laughs> uh, we got uh, coffee and just ended up uh, hashing ideas out and just looking at her availability and like this thing's going to happen really quick here and we don't uh, have our right lead right now. We just let her go and 
um, yeah, and she somehow took on to it. So, uh, yeah, so you ended up with her and, um, the Aaron was casted. I had done a lot of university work with, uh, performing arts and different things. And so, uh, actually his professor had, uh, sent his, uh, dance professor, or not dance professor, but acting professor had sent me, uh, just a video. I was like, if you need somebody who's good, uh, that we have this guy. And so... I was like, yeah, I'll, uh, and then I went to one of his, um, he did a lot of on stage stuff and dance performance, uh, I believe. And so I went to, uh, one of his stage, uh, performances and just was really impressed. And, uh, yeah, he accepted the role without even seeing the script and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And then Kellaway, um, was actually just a longtime friend from Long Beach who's not an actor by trade. Uh, but yeah, he flew in, uh, to shoot it and it was really cool. So he's like, uh, he gave me a lot of grief because he loves the mask and he heard I was doing a mask movie and he never got a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I don't know where to put you. You've never acted before. Um, it, we've done little goofy movies like ceramic cookies that's on YouTube. Uh, oh yeah. I was nothing... actually, it's actually watching that one this morning. Oh my enough. gosh. I'm sorry to hear it. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, no, yeah, the... <laughs> so that was his first on screen appearance was ceramic cookies. But, um, yeah. So I was like, I don't know where to put you. So instead of putting them in a really tiny role, we couldn't quite find where we wanted our Callaway. So I was like, you have the look, but I don't know if, <laughs> so we really had a, crash course on acting and we uh i think we did okay you know but yeah i thought he he did all right he had the look and some of the uh yeah the vigor that the character needed so that was uh well yeah, yeah. he did he Carlos. did really go with the role admittedly so mm-hmm. it worked out in the end yeah this, was this, uh so. was jamie always always an actor by trade or was this um, like her first role she had done some performing arts stuff. She was more in the background. So she did have um, kind of a performance background, but it was more in stage and helping and different things. So she had directed some uh, large productions and things like that. But I don't think, um, not sure how deep acting was her forte. So, um, and the thing you run into too with, you know, with stage actors is you've really got to break them a little bit to the point where, um, yeah, they're always acting to the person in the back row, if you've ever heard that metaphor. So yeah. it's just bringing them down to earth, though. We must come after the Israelites. You've got to, we must come <laughs> after the Israelites. You know, it's just bringing them down so many notches and like, okay, we're over-enunciating. All right, we're, <laughs> you know, be real, stumble up. Uh, yeah, just be, yeah, so it's a challenge. So, you know, uh, we got there, I think, but... Uh, yeah, <laughs> something I've ran into hundreds of times just with working with the actors over the years is, you know, you can tell who's from stage and who isn't and who can be real and not. And, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. And uh, what about what about Elise? What about her? Uh, let's see. Um, so I had done, uh, I do photography on the side too. So she had uh, been into modeling and different things. And uh, so, yeah, we had a photo shoot together and then, I just happened to, yeah, some roles started coming up and they were going to be small things. And then, uh, yeah, I ended up liking more and more what she, where she was running with things. And, um, yeah, she just had a lot of interest and just dedication to it. So, um, we ended up, uh, yeah, kind of concocting that character, uh, uh, to her strength. Uh, and yeah, so that was pretty cool. 
Yeah, that's cool. So you, so you didn't originally write these characters like as they were from day one. You just like fleshed them out like with the actors themselves. To some degree, yeah. I think um, we had a direction. You know, like the script existed before a lot of the key players were casted. Like, all right, who's gonna fit here? Um, but I think uh, to some degree, you need to find people who uh, will make it their own. Um, so sometimes. Uh, I've had cases where the written word doesn't get translated at all, depending on your casting sometimes. Uh, so it, it's good to meet at a handshake in a way, uh, kind of a 50-50, where, yeah, you have people who can think on their own feet in the mind of the character, but at the same time not uh, sell the, the word short or the page short uh, for the script itself. Um, so, yeah, it's good to have someone who can understand the character and just kind of all right, start doing weird things that aren't themselves and just like weird quirks and ticks and, and like, oh, you never did that before. Uh, you know, you can tell they're getting into a new character and new territory. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I, can totally, I can totally see where you're coming from with that. And it really makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, I like that. Um, okay, next question. You had a, you had a lot of uh, special effects in the movies. Like, how was, how was that? Like, what was it? that like um so we actually got kind of lucky we had um so we started bits and pieces of the movie and uh, i think a lot of people were angry you'd get lots of emails but we ended up uh just delaying a little bit um just because we were like oh this would look so much better if we waited a little bit we ended up getting kind of an angel investor on board who uh yeah paid for special effects that really weren't in the project originally or even um some that weren't even scripted and so he really wanted to drive the he liked the concept of the movie and really wanted to drive it home with some uh, special effects like oh okay great <laughs> so we ended up uh yeah delaying quite a bit to actually get those all implemented and done and you know i kind of had to step away and let that happen and uh no i really like what that turned out i think some of the effects are yeah pretty awesome and we had um uh, JM mates, uh, yeah, help out with some stuff. He's got a big, uh, YouTube channel and a lot of mask, mask stuff on there. Um, uh, we also, um, yeah, had some other special effects people on board and it was really, uh, yeah, cool to be able to see some of that stuff like, oh, I didn't even think we would ever be able to do that. And, uh, originally it was written with no special effects in mind. Uh, and I don't think the comic really had a lot of, uh, special effects that I remember. There were no tornadoes or anything like that. Um, just the basic transformation and it's kind of like, oh, flip and oh, it's already on and there's not a big transformation sequence or anything in the comics. So I was very much, you know, bringing it down to earth and not being flashy. I really didn't want to, I, I wanted not flashy and kind of raw. Um, and so, um, yeah, the special effects weren't on my radar, but I think that helped converge kind of to the original movie a lot more than it would have otherwise where I think people... You know, I think a lot of people will be, you know, bored by the movie <laughs> the, way it, <laughs> the way it could have been uh, if they weren't already. But, you know, it's just kind of, um, yeah, it, I was okay with no special effects for just kind of the human commentary of a movie it was going to be. But um, we kind of were able to get away from that and probably it was a good thing. So, yeah. Well, it, it, it worked in the movie's favor. Like, it's actually... You know, like, your own spin on the mask. Like, it's not, like, directly ripping off the comics. Like, oh, it's Stanley Ipkiss and he's killing people. Doop-de-doo. Like, you're actually... 
Like, you're actually doing something new with the franchise to breathe new life in it. And it really, it really works out. You pulled it off really well. And we really had to be careful, I think. Uh, maybe we didn't, but um, just to break the, the Jim Carrey stigma. So um, we need to get our some of our interviews that we shot years ago <laughs> out oh, there. Yeah, you, get, but they, you know, like um, Aaron had talked about it, uh, Cody Anderson. And uh, he's like, I would just, you know, break out into Jim Carrey and you'd just stop me. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody stop him. He's acting like Jim Carrey. So we really... It's, it's funny because... Cody, Cody's performance in that movie when he's donning the mask, like he kind of reminds me of a, of a funnier version of Jamie Kennedy's mask. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like he actually, like he kind of has like this, this little smarmy voice that, Mm -hmm. that works. Like he's, like he's very convincing as someone who you don't want to piss off. And then there's a, so yeah, so uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of makeup in the movie. Like the, I, I I guess I, how'd you guys how'd you guys go about that uh yeah we had um but yeah i like i appreciate your comments on um yeah cody i think yeah he just had kind of a cold stoic uh performance it was kind of different there um but yeah the um what is it the uh makeup yeah that was oh i felt so sorry for everybody and i didn't have to go through the process so i can say oh i know what it's like no i don't <laughs> But I remember leaving for six hours at a time sometimes because I had just so much going on. But uh, I'd come back six hours later and it still wasn't done. So there were a lot of eight-hour <laughs> days oh, for everybody. And so, uh, yeah, the mask makeup. And it would keep pushing our extras back and our other actors standing by. Like, all right, the set's clear. The people are there. Where's uh, Jamie Summers? And she, uh, Okay, I just checked back here. She's still in the makeup chair. So uh, oh, everybody God, go yeah, back outside, gotta... have a few more cigarettes. It's coming. <laughs> and uh, so I, it was a horrendous process. I have no idea why anybody stayed um, in the production, honestly. <laughs> I mean, there were, I mean, and we had contacts too. And um, I mean, I remember hearing Jim Carrey's uh, take on um, the mask makeup and his Grinch makeup. And I think we kind of hit a hybrid of that. Not intentionally, but, you know, uh, in retrospect, I mean, we had the painful contacts. And um, I remember Jim Carrey saying he had a Navy SEAL come in that uh, was appointed by the studios because everything was so so painful. And I definitely um, could see that as a, you know, spectator of it, Uh, obviously not trying it myself. Um, But, you know, we would have tears and just, you know, uh, fits of rage and everything you can imagine. and yeah, I mean, but yeah, everybody stuck with it though and pulled themselves together and just, um, I have no idea how they could be funny sometimes after, you know, the, you know, sometimes nine hours of torture leading up to the performance. Uh, so that really says a lot, like just to see them smile, uh, all right, camera's rolling action. And then, okay, we're doing uh, cartwheels here at 4 a.m. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so you guys were... Yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. What were the what were the shoots like, like oh. in the makeup? Oh yeah, it was stressful. I just I'm uh, I I think I don't know. It just um, yeah added years to people's lives. I think, but yeah, it was um, you know. So we'd start at uh, all right. Well, all the mask scenes are in evening, so that gives you quite a um, you know 
uh, kind of not the most convenient thing to work with where I'm oh, kind of, yeah. all right, I'm a get up at 4 a.m. kind of person and all right, now, you know, but this is not <laughs> the way that can work um, unless, yeah. Um, so we would end up um, just, yeah, you know, maybe, all right, it depended on the season that we ended, you know, so sometimes it would start in the spring and then we'd get to summertime and it made it more difficult in the summer because the uh, sun goes down so much later. So, yeah, we wouldn't really be able to start shooting till sometimes 8 or 9 when the sun was completely down. And uh, so, you know, you start your makeup at 4 and hopefully everything, you know, hits no uh, snags and we can actually start shooting by 10 or 11. Um, and so by the time we would get done shooting, sometimes it'd be 5 or 6 in the morning, you know. And Wow. Yeah, so. That's, yeah, that's, that's insane. <laughs> So it was not the most fun thing for uh, really anybody. So I, I, you know, I, yeah, I mean, it was not in favor of the movie, but I, I just saw the pain of some people. Like I encouraged them to quit. I was like, it's not worth it. No, we are going to finish this. Okay. <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, I, but, um, no, I just, uh, yeah. So hopefully people like the movie, I guess. I, I got the lighter end of the stick, I think. Um, I didn't have to suffer through the makeup and all the stuff. So, um, yeah, we finished the movie, and I think a lot of people hate me, but <laughs> we, we finished it. But, yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess it's, I guess it's worth it in the long run, you know, because you you've got like a million-plus views out of it and yeah, a, lot yeah. Of, a lot of love in the fan community, too, so that's always a plus. No, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, people are really cool and just uh, a lot of nice uh, messages and things like that and just support. So it's, uh, no, kind of, yeah, surprising um, that, yeah, yeah people are out there. And I just made a movie of, you know, I would want to see is pretty much the way it ended up. And it seemed like yeah. uh, some other people, maybe three or four others enjoyed it too. And that's all you can, can ask for. <laughs> and it especially, it especially picked up after... Uh, Dylan Sides' uh, Revenge of the Mask came out. Yeah, no. which I think was a uh, which I think was a, a, a godsend because you know you guys are you guys are kind of like the two the two guys who are like really trying to bring the, the franchise back into a new light, and I love you guys for that so much. Yeah, no, uh, Dylan's a cool guy. Um, yeah, he had messaged me probably back in I don't know August or July, and. Just said, hey, I introduced himself, and here's uh, something we're working on, and I can't remember if it was released already or not, but he had sent me a trailer. I was like, oh, wow, this looks really cool. And, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, it was really kind of neat to see. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, somebody else is doing this too. That's great, you know, and so I think he definitely uh, sought out the PR a lot more and, um, you know, used the coveted words official, you know, and really... <laughs> Uh, got people, you know, sucked in in a way that, uh, you know, we just never did. And so uh, that was really cool of him to kind of share that a little bit uh, and be able yeah, to... And he, and he even had a, he even had the blessing of Dark Horse at one point, too, I think. Yeah, yeah. And so that was really cool. Um, and so, yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, I think he, uh, you know, we kind of like, all right, well, let's, uh, you know, um, I forget what we ended up doing, but we kind of... I think he linked, we linked to each other a little bit, and I think that helped spread the, you know, share our audience a little bit uh, in the YouTube realm. And so the movie, 
had come out uh, end of or end, end of 07, end of 17 on it was just kind of a Facebook exclusive for a year and so we had put it up in November I think he had really encouraged it so we had put it up um, oh, probably a month or two I think before Revenge of the Mask came out just on uh, YouTube for the first time and yeah you know this well, let's see what happens you know maybe we'll get our 30 views we've been after and yeah it turned into a lot more than that so oh man yeah, yeah maybe yeah. i'll get those uh maybe we'll get up to uh 30 million this time too oh, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> like i said it's just kind of making a movie that uh you know a few uh, people who like the mask wanted to see and hey we uh accomplished that and anything more is just kind of gravy you know so if it was never a movie that was supposed to... I'd never make movies for an audience. I don't usually give them what they like to see in my past uh, outings and ventures in film. But um, so it's like, well, if people watch it, they watch it. If, you know, I, I kind of make my art for, you know, uh, certain intentions and things. So it's... They're not, uh, yeah, universal romps of any kind. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And... uh and going back into the uh, going back into the special effects for a minute, how did you guys go about uh, designing the uh, the mask prop? Like, did you guys always want to, you know, have like a new prop, or did you guys want to use like the the new mat the the new line mask at some point? Um, I really liked the uh, new line mask, but I think it was uh, a big effort in just distancing ourselves from the the Jim Carrey. You know, kind of the, uh, what do you call it, the kind of the, the good and bad performance style mask, uh, you know, that had been like an icon style for a lot, like a hundred years, just kind of the universal, you know what I'm talking about, the happy, sad mask, just kind of the, yeah. um, kind of cut at the forehead. And so we kind of, we really, I, I you know, I like that design uh, a lot, but as like, um, you know, we kind of hit a, a happy medium, I think, where we get the shape back from the comic book we have a little bit of the loki look and then we kind of yeah made it our own thing and uh, a lot of people have said oh it looks like the animated series mask i was like yeah i guess it kind of does it's a little too detailed but <laughs> i mean i was actually i was literally just about to say that so uh thank you everyone else for saying that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was like yeah i can see that i think it's a little too scary looking for the animated mask but um Originally, I kind of wanted, um, uh, it was a little scarier looking. One of these days, we've got to get some old behind-the-scenes stuff out. Um, but, you know, we had uh, different stages of it and things. And uh, uh, it was more Slipknot style originally and just, uh, but, um, yeah, so we kind of... Yeah, I would, I, would, I would love to see you guys, like, post more of that stuff. Because, like, I am, like, absolutely fascinated in, like, everything you guys have done behind the scenes wise and like in general since day one since like i first found out about this and what i'm gathering from talking to you here the past hour is i i think you like movies so i i mean i do like i'm i'm very i'm very fascinated like in in the behind the scenes process of things like i love like learning about like all the practical effect, effects and makeup effects and stuff like that but like because it, yeah. it's kind of like it's kind of like a little bit of a side hobby for me outside of music Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so, so, like, I can, like, focus on more than one thing. Staying very, uh, yeah, entertainment-centric and uh, visual mediums and, yeah, auditory. Yeah, like, it's, it's, cool. it's, always, it's always kind of been there for me, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. And I'm a little sarcastic too. I apologize. Of course. Oh God, you like yeah. I, I, I've always, <laughs> I've always been like that too. I've always been like a, like one of those really out there kind of guys. So it's totally, it's totally fine. It's the only way to go. It's all I know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's, how, no. it's how me and my friends keep saying, thank God. That's so. right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the mask design, um, let's see. And then uh, I pretty much asked our special effects supervisor, like, just get me a block of clay and I'll carve the thing over the weekend. And then can you mold it? He's like, yeah, I guess we can. And so he got me a this is massive thing of clay, and that's probably why the mask is so big. I I have no regret on. I don't think it shows as big as it really is, but it's huge. Um, but um, I kind of liked it that way. I think that's about more like the. It looked really huge in the comics too. So it's way like I've had them side by side, like the 1994 mask and the our mask, and it's yeah, you can yeah, it's a yeah, it's huge. And, uh, so, yeah, so I ended up, um, carving, um, kind of what I saw and, um, yeah, he was able to do a two-sided mold really cool and, uh, yeah. And so we ended up making just a few of them and he's got one in his glass display case with all his projects and I got the other one that's probably getting chipped away on a shelf somewhere here with a bunch of crap on it, but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and speaking, speaking of those masks, the one thing I've always wondered, there's a scene there's a scene where I guess it's like an imagined spot where uh, where Cat is is trying to give you know Elise the mask and there's like all these all these masks on a tree. Oh yeah, yeah. How ma- how many how many of those did you have to make for that scene and how long did it take? Uh, I think what we ended up doing was just uh, we had a lot of rejects when we were uh, making the masks and um, our a lot of people were like why are you throwing away these away these are really cool. So I was like, oh, why don't we just start painting these? And um, that wasn't the motivation for the scene. But when that scene was came up, I was like, oh, yeah, we could just put a bunch of them in a tree. And so that scene was kind of imagined uh, uh, like five, six away through production. I was like, I, I really want to drive the kind of the original sin metaphor home a little bit. And so let's go back to Adam and Eve a little bit and... Um, I was like, oh, by the way, this was not in the script that anybody agreed to, but what do you think of this? I, so I kind of gave them the artistic merit of it, and so, like, okay, yeah. And so, yeah, we put up all the ma- uh, masks in the tree, and, uh, yeah, that was, I think, one of my favorite scenes, but I think it was the most confusing scene, too. People were like, why is this in here? Instead of, you know, just giving somebody the mask and, like, this is really great, I, I you know, like, let's visually depict that and just, you know, let that speak for itself if people get it or not. Again, the whole thing is, you know, not making a movie for the audience. So then that's okay. (laughs) Give them something super abstract that no one will get, you know, just to do it. So, yeah. Hmm. And yeah, I I feel like that worked because, like, you know, it was... Like, I I picked up on on it the first time, like, exactly what you were trying to convey in that scene. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to go somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> it's gonna, and I really, and I really love how it played out because uh, Elise's Elise's character was like very complex in a way that you know, like it really, it really helped like show like a different side of the movie. Like you know, you see like this person who's complete, completely broken down at their worst moment, and then they just, they just rise back up, and they just, you know, just everything works out for them, but then it all goes to shit again without spoiling what mm-hmm. happens to her. I'm not gonna right. do that. 
Yeah, I think you get a power that you can't let go of, so you go from uh, weak and miserable to invincible, and you know, but you aren't invincible, you know, it's a lie. Uh, so they believe they are, and uh, yeah, I mean, you get into too much of anything, it destroys you, you know, so our example in the movie was, uh, you know, um, power or, yeah, invincibility, but I think, uh, like I said, the human context of it, I mean, too much of anything, too much money, too much drugs, too much booze, whatever, will destroy you also, so, and you're listening to that voice where it says this is all good, uh, you know, and then boom, we got addictions. And so the mask was, uh, definitely a metaphor for, uh, you know, kind of a commentary on addictions in a really unrealistic way. Uh, just having this superhuman, uh, <laughs> thing like the mask, but, um, that's kind of where we were going with that. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed, I've noticed like a lot of metaphors with the movie and one of them, one of them that I've really picked up on, which I really love and my friends love too, as well is like kind of like the, uh, it's kind of like the whole girl power kind of thing, because like half of the movie, half of the movie is just focused on Cat and Elise wearing the mask, and this is, and this is the first time like it's actually it's actually been done within a mask movie, even though like the the concept is, has existed since like the first comic. Was this was this intentional? Did you always like, did you always like kind of want to have like the the girls rule kind of thing in the movie? Oh. Or? I think it's just kind of the flow of the story and the way that it went. Um, yeah, I think we kind of, it just was kind of the, once the characters start writing themselves, you don't really <laughs> get to decide. Uh, but we got a little worried, like, part of the way through the movie, because I think um, once we were, we were still shooting when the new Ghostbusters came out with, you know, the female cast and people really didn't, you know, it was kind of panned. I like that movie, but... Uh, yeah, well, yeah. like, oh, people, oh, you know, like, and now it's it's uh, totally flipped around, like, you know, I think, uh, you know, with the, the Me Too stuff and just the, uh, yeah, the, you know, just kind of recognizing, uh, yeah, how cool something like that can be, just having the, the leads that we ended up, uh, you know, doing, and yeah, so um, I think with no regrets, you know. Yeah, like, I feel like, I feel like now with the movie, like, we need... Like we needed something like this, especially mm-hmm. like in today's political climate, because you know, yeah. like you said, we did, we had like the whole MRA Ghostbusters bullshit, you know, like with oh we can't I, we can't hit women can't be cool women can't do this yeah. shit like no like no like this has been this <laughs> yeah. has been like planted planted in the ground forever like you know like You're we right. can't no I'm I'm with you hundred percent you know and so it was yeah and like you know a lot of people are like why you know it we kept our course and I'm glad we did, you know, but it wasn't a popular thing to do back when we did it, you know, a couple of years ago. So things, the climate has changed so much in the last year where it's like, why wouldn't we do it this way now? But back yeah. then it was, it was risky because like, where's the men? What's, are you having any men in this movie? Like what? You know? So I, I guess I never saw a problem with that, but, uh, yeah. Um, so I, I'm glad we did what we did with it. And, um, you know, and just kind of show the dynamics of the characters. And, you know, you really, you know, it's tempting to, uh, you know, sexify or something like that with the, the characters. And you have the leads like that in Hollywood, you know, and just uh, different films and stuff like that. And so we really, you know, I really wanted to be sure that, you know, we, um, you know, kind of had that balance. And so, you know, like I said, everything needs to be for a reason. You just don't have stuff to not have, you know, just like, oh, we're just going to put this in there. 
but you know like um i made sure our actresses were on board with just you know the progression of characters you know like uh with elise's character moving from such a sexually repressed character to boom this you know uh you know power figure and like get out of my way just kind of rebel you know so it was um uh, yeah, kind of hit that balance and have everything have a point to it without being just, you know, aimless something, you know, which I think is, yeah, so prevalent in Hollywood movies. So we really wanted to get away from that and just, um, yeah, have everything just be a really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. And another thing, another thing I really love about the movie, and this is kind of a, a spoiler I am going to give away real quick, is that there's, I guess you can call it a twist. Um... Stanley Ipkiss shows up in the movie, but not in the way that you expect. Was yeah. this was this always the plan for the, for the character? Or? I, like I said, it was just kind of the flowing of uh, writing where I, I really don't remember if it was uh, so like, oh yeah, we have to have him in there. I don't remember that ever being the case, but I think it was just kind of a an organic thing where... Um, I feel like there were two, you know, like, um, sometimes we're, th you know, you look at, you know, the, uh, brass bones of, uh, well, what was that? Um, sorry, I don't know what that was. Uh, it's all right. but you look at the brass structure of a movie and just kind of like, okay, we got antagonists, we got protagonists, we need, so we needed, um, so w I was really pushing to not have a Do Dr. Newman type of character in the movie, you know, uh, El you know, uh, Ben Stein was great. But, you know, this is a new take on everything, and we're really trying to draw from new blood here. And so we uh, ended up um, kind of splitting his characters into two voices of reason uh, because we needed that, okay, where does she go when she's hitting the, you know, with the, the turmoil of this uh, mask? You know, she's not going to go to a psychologist. Like, here's more problems again. So we ended up splitting that character into Stanley. Guess what? He's a real-life example. He's already had it. And he's, you know, we see the pain that he's already been through from having it. So in a way, that character kind of does like, I don't know, a prequel-sequel kind of a thing. So if you'd need, oh, where's Stanley now? Well, here he is. And it really didn't end up that well for him. And the other flip side of that was kind of the... Um, I don't even know if he had a, a name in the movie, but uh, the janitor at the end of the movie is kind of a church upkeeper, or whatever, who probably has more sense than anybody on the staff there. But um, so we're just like, huh, we have this character kind of come out of the blue and he's like, you know, just these voices of reason that kind of come into play where, okay, this person's struggling. Um, so where do they get some wisdom that's not their own? So we kind of split that into, yeah those kind of characters yeah that's awesome and like in the, okay so there's a part in the flashback where you actually briefly see him as the mask and like if you look like closely for a second he's like breaking the guy's arm or something like you can kind of see like a those bit. arms in half <laughs> <laughs> you can actually actually see like a little bit of a green head like did you actually yeah. have your actor like get in like full mask makeup for that or uh, he wanted to, and I wanted to, but it was like, we're just, it's not really necessary as much as we really are wanting the show and like to do a whole another life casting process, uh, which can, I mean, be, yeah, yeah, I can, I can kind of see where you're coming, where you're coming from on that. Cause like, you know, it's like, just, it, it's so a very time short and money. Scene. Uh, it's insanely expensive. And so it's like, huh, well, we kind of, it's not necessary for the scene really. And so rather than get, you know, lose the point and then I know we'll just go on a whole tangent shoot and extra stuff. 
so we uh, ended up just, um, yeah, um, kind of, it's actually a rubber mask that he's wearing, but as much <laughs> as we show, um, you know, it's really all we really wanted to show, and it's all we really needed to see, and I don't think you're going to go, oh, that looks fake, because we never really see that much of it, and it's so dark, so it was really the way we wanted to go. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, and you also, you also use sort of like a little uh, rubber kind of mask thing for like the the what we do see of the transformations yeah kind of it's um i want to say it's dragon skin or something our special effects guy um made something really cool i didn't even know what <laughs> and uh he um man he spent a lot of time really crafting the heck out of um he was like um I can't remember whose idea it was, but it was a really good one. And that, you know, like I, like that was, uh, I think, concocted when we really decided to go the practical way. Like, all right, no special effects. And so that was uh, one of our exceptions, you know, practical effects uh, really get by. And so, uh, yeah, we ended up making that and, uh, and that you can pull at it and rip at it and stretch at it and it won't break, which was great. So they could really have some pretty genuine struggles with it. Um, which I didn't even know you could do that. I'm like, oh, this is so stretchy and awesome, and this is perfect. And so that's why you really see them ripping at it. And st- I think some of them were, you know, in some shot early shots, I don't think they were using the movie, they were afraid to pull at it because they were like, oh, I'm going to break this. This is expensive. And I was like, no, it's, you know. So I think we <laughs> got what we were looking to accomplish out of it. Yeah, like I, I would totally, I would totally feel the same way too, especially if I'm working with something, something like that. And like the way... The way you guys utilize that effect is like you do you do it perfectly in a way where you show a little bit of it, but you don't show too much of it. Like like during like like the the first transformation of uh of cat, like you know, like it's spinning around, so you can kind of you can kind of see it, but you don't like make out like the whole features of it, so it's like not too obvious. It it works. It really does. Yeah. No. Thanks. I'm glad. Uh, yeah. I'm glad to accomplish what we set out to do. But yeah. Yeah, and another one of my another one of my favorite effects in the movie is when uh is when uh Elise takes her face off. Did you guys uh do life cast for that or I think we did, yeah. So that was a whole other uh spectrum of pain I think to undergo. Um maybe it wasn't. I think we might have been able to use the um the life cast. I think once you have the life cast you can really um do extra things. So they just like, all right, let's make a kind of a skin uh, thing and so uh, yeah we were able to do that and um, I I mean I never quite understood in the comics like why it was so bloody when they take it off like huh why is there a mask blood between you know the skin and the mask because uh, <laughs> you know it's like it's not uh, you know the blood is underneath the mask so we ended up going that route where um, you know it's a pretty clean thing it's not like too gross I mean well hey she took off a face but I really like the uh, ability to just become whatever you need to become to, you know, whatever, um, yeah, awful thing you're going to do next. You can dupe people and just become other things. And, uh, you know, uh, at one point, I think she turned into a porta potty. I'm not making that up. <laughs> <laughs> so you can turn into whatever you want. Um, it, it barely, it barely makes sense in context, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> so why, why can't you be able to turn into uh, another person or yourself, for that matter, to dupe a cop or something? So, um. like, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's like you do, you do have the like, 
those little nods to like the cartoony kind of aspects, like the like the eyes popping out and stuff. But like you're also able to make the the movie like really grounded in reality, which really benefits. So yeah, tried to, and uh, yeah, I mean we tried to. Uh, I mean, for instance, not even keep the camera very stable and not frame it perfect because we were just really. You know, if you look at an episode of Breaking Bad, they never do that. I mean, there's no great crane shots. There's no, uh, there's not a lot of beauty in the shots. And that sounds like a weird thing to have be your goal. But, like, to get that kind of gritty style um, that doesn't look like a Marvel movie uh, was really what we were going for. And just have it, you know, be, docu- you know, almost documentary style to a degree. And I've done a lot of found footage movies, unfortunately. <laughs> Or that was much more prevalent, but I, I, part of me likes that style quite a bit. So that was kind of like, ooh, looks like a whole movie. I was like, well, it's kind of what we were aiming for too, in a way. So, yeah. <laughs> totally, yeah. I mean, that makes that really makes a lot of sense. Like you know, in terms of what you were trying to achieve, and it really, it really paid off. Yeah. So it's it's actually, yeah, like uh, cutting back on your resources that you have to sometimes achieve some of those looks. Like, yeah, we got this crane, and yeah, we got the tripod, but, <laughs> you know, we could stabilize things and make it look so much prettier or, you know, but, um, yeah, you know, like break the lighting convention and the shooting convention, and that's, um, I don't know if that was popular with everybody that, you know, was on board, but I think, um, they got the vision and they're like, yep, that is the way to do it if that's what you're going for. So that's what we ended up doing. Okay, cool. Yeah. And it, like I said, it works. So, uh, all right. So I have one more question and then we'll wrap up. Uh, so, uh, so you, you did the, you premiered the movie on the big screen in 2017 once it was like, you actually premiered it in a theater. Yeah, yeah. What was that was like? Cool. Um, it was so it was a pretty much you know just for kind of cast and crew kind of a setup, but it was kind of funny because uh, we started seeing people there who weren't on the the list. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think people bought a ticket to go see whatever was out. You know, like, I bought a ticket for the new Ghostbusters, but what's this? Like they would see. <laughs> see posters up in the lobby and uh like oh it's this way so we had people like joining the it was pretty cool you know and they had no idea what they were expecting because there's no trailer to look at or anything to get a gauge of the you know the the feel of this one and how different it is from the Jim Carrey movie or anything so I don't know what they thought of it but you know I didn't get to talk to any of those people um but it was pretty yeah, it was pretty cool to get it on the big screen and yeah, have our kind of our crew showing. I think that was back in like uh probably September of twenty seventeen and I think we had the movie come out around Halloween on the twenty in twenty seventeen, so it's been out a while and so just recently made its YouTube debut. So yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, and... so with all that in mind, uh Jason, uh so what's next on the horizon for you? Well, if uh, people enjoyed the folks we had in The Mask, um, we pretty much have all of them back for two more movies. Not of The Mask, <laughs> but they kind of take... Uh, I honestly feel like these movies are in the same universe as The Mask because there's uh, just a lot of quirkiness and um, different things. Uh, so yeah, if you want to see the same folks uh, again, uh, we have two movies coming out. One is Becoming Vassar and the other is Killing Vassar. That's a two-part feature-length films 
And uh, going back, we're talking about Stanley Ipkiss. Um, Matt Lawstone, who plays uh, Stanley Ipkiss, is in these movies as well. So he's the lead. So we get... Uh, I, I would say these movies are kind of uh, Dumb and Dumber meets Breaking Bad. And they're much funnier than Mask was. Uh, so yeah, you get another chance to see uh, a lot of familiar characters. Cody Anderson's back. Uh, Jamie Summers is in the second film as well. So, uh, yeah, we even get to see um, the uh, Tina character who is just in the Stanley flashbacks play a more prominent character as well uh, in the Vassar movies. So those are um, should be out on Amazon here, I believe, next month or April. So, yeah. Oh, so they're already done. Yeah, they're done and in a box. All right. <laughs> So those will be, uh, we're just finishing up uh, some music licensing stuff, and then those will, uh, yeah, I think we'll have some social media stuff uh, get out there as well with the uh, potato teams getting on that. Wonderful. But, uh, yeah, so uh, some Amazon-exclusive films there. And, uh, yeah, so, and I think the mask is actually referenced in uh, one of the films as well. So it's it's <laughs> nice. a very self-aware movie, I'll just say that. So. I, li- I mean, I like software, so it's definitely going to be it's definitely going to be on my list. I'm definitely excited to check those out. <laughs> cool, yeah. So, Sweet. So, uh, so where can we see uh, the mask? The mask. Uh, if you tune in HBO at 7 p.m. Oh, actually, right. are you talking about my version or uh... your version? Obviously. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go. Well, you might want to shut off HBO if you already got it on, but it's on YouTube. I think. Just straight up youtube.com slash the mask TV, I think is what it is. YouTube.com slash the mask TV, all one word. And um, you can also find it probably by just looking up the mask full movie in YouTube. Should okay, come sweet. up within the first 12 pages, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we might also be um, doing some more um, shorts. Um, probably nothing new, but. Um, We've been kind of, um, I've just heard people like, the movie is so long and my attention span is nine seconds. So we're kind of cutting up the movie into some more uh, digestible point arcs um, and different things. So we have uh, The Mask, The Origin, I think is one of them that's already out there. Um, So you can kind of, yeah, just get the nuance of the history of The Mask in one film uh, and we'll probably also be doing the same with uh, the other characters as well. So, like, nice. uh, Stanley and you're going to be, uh, are things. you guys going to be putting out, like, more behind-the-scenes stuff, too, or? I think we need to. I think we need to dust off the old shoe boxes because I know everybody's had interviews and stuff, and I'm not sure how much of that has actually gotten out there. I, uh... I only go on a computer on Tuesdays, so <laughs> <laughs> you'd think I'd know this technology stuff. I'm awful at social media and stuff. I, uh unfriend people by accident i uh (laughs) i I have huge fingers i guess and uh so yeah so um yeah we'll let the smart people get at the social media stuff and get some good stuff up there all right hopefully we'll get some good uh behind the scenes stuff up there so awesome (laughs) and uh what about your non-mask films where can we see those uh so yeah those should be on amazon here um pending a few things but i think we can yeah look up vassar v-a-s-s-e-r becoming vassar and killing vassar right now are the working titles for both of them and so uh 
four plus hours of more movies there so it was such a long movie we cut it into two films so you'll watch 10 minutes of the first one and never come back for the second one but at least they'll both be out there <laughs> <laughs> so no i'm just kidding hopefully not but uh no a lot of people put a lot of time into it and stuff so uh yeah those will be out uh this year and um what else is there yeah, we might have some other uh, fun new stuff coming to the uh, Mask uh, TV channel as well here. Uh, where... All right. So, uh, yeah, some cool stuff to maybe be on the lookout for. So subscribe and you'll probably uh, get notified for that. And uh, so, yeah, we're waiting on uh, hear back on a few things. But, yeah, we got some really cool things um, in the works here uh, that uh, I'll probably have a backseat in. But, um, yeah, maybe get to do some writing or something on something. So... Yeah, should be cool. All right, fantastic. Well, thanks for joining us, Jason, and y'all have a good one. All right, you've been here a long time. Can I make you a sandwich or anything quick?